Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On a Tuesday, it's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because your page is grown, baby. That All Even Wave, get on that wave. Lots to get into. Russell Westbrook. Is it really working in L.A.? Is he bugging or is he not with his latest comments? We got Bryson Carver from Carving It Up is on the show tonight. I'm sure he has some comments to say about Westbrook. We're going to talk about the NFL, Dallas Cowboys, the Jags coaching search. A lot of stuff going on tonight on a Tuesday. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. The truth hurts, y'all. You know... When somebody tells you about yourself and it's actually true, it can really sting. It can burn. You know what I mean? You can get mad like, yo, you ain't had to come at me like that. But at the same time, it's the truth. Somebody can be able to tell you, yo, listen, man, you know, your hygiene ain't all that great. And it may be embarrassing. You may feel a way, but it's the truth. A lot of us don't like the truth. That's why sometimes we avoid doctors because we don't want to hear the truth about how bad our health is. We don't want to go to the dentist because dentists will tell you the truth about how bad your teeth are. So we always try to avoid the truth because the truth can really, really suck. I bring this up because Carl Anthony Towns was on a podcast or something like that and talking about Russell Westbrook and, you know, he's saying that, listen, you know, he's a great player, Hall of Fame player, uh, but he just plays too fast. You know, he's erratic. He just, just does things that, listen, you can't win that way. You know, it's more about the stats than it actually is winning. And he also said that, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. You know how hard it is to get triple doubles? So he's given Russell Westbrook his flowers in regards to how great he's been over his career. But at the same time, 
He's given him the truth. He's given us the truth about who Westbrook is. The problem is that people probably don't want to hear it. Maybe Russ doesn't want to hear it. You know he doesn't want to hear it because stubborn, set in his ways. But what Kat said is true. Stat stuffer, stat patter. All he cares about is triple doubles. It's not conducive to winning. Russell Westbrook has never won. Russell Westbrook has never gotten close to winning when he's doing it this way. Yeah, he got to the NBA Finals with KD and Harden, but he wasn't putting up no triple-doubles back then. He was a part of a team and a system and played a role. All of a sudden, Durant leaves, Harden leaves. He now believes that triple-doubles are the way to go, and it's not. This is the problem that they're having in L.A. right now. And as you have a guy that doesn't care about winning, it's more about stuffing the stat book. And he believes that if I don't get triple doubles, I'm not, I'm not effective. Not the case. Then you had Draymond Green come out and say, oh, you know, we got to stay, stay tight with the brotherhood. This has got to be a brotherhood. You can't be talking about your brothers and all that. Okay, I, I understand that part. And if you want to defend him, that's fine. But the truth hurts. He may be defending his brother and the fraternity of the NBA. But I can guarantee Draymond closes that door and goes home. And he's like, hell, Cat was wildin', but he ain't wrong. I just don't like the way he did it. That's the reality of it. That's the truth is that everybody knows that this has been Westbrook for years. The truth. Everybody has realized that this is who he is, and teams kind of shy away from acquiring him because they know that it's not about wins. They understand that. And honestly, were they wrong? No. They're not wrong. You're seeing the struggles that the Lakers are having right now. You're seeing the fact that doesn't care if they win a championship or they lose. He's fine. Doesn't matter if he has nine turnovers in the box score. Doesn't matter to him. The sun will come up tomorrow. His words. So this is what I'm saying is that you have a guy that doesn't really understand what it takes to win but he's also not willing to change. He's also not willing to bend how he plays the game because to him, there's nothing wrong with him. Everybody else has to catch up. That's the problem with Westbrook is that the truth is the truth. And even though it's punching him in the face year after year after year, he just turns the other cheek and keeps it moving instead of turning around, facing the truth and accepting it and understanding how to move forward. Russell Westbrook is stuck in a time loop and he will be there until his career is over. Coming up after the break, 
I got my man Bryson Carver on the show. We're going to, you know, chop it up for a few about a couple things. On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, yeah, we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My man Barry Grant Jr. What's up, man? What's up, man? What happened? What you, what you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast? Yeah, my nigga's a joint. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. We put this girl something. Oh, even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, that's a shot. Are you keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump in the camera? All Even Podcast, right? Yeah, All Even. Shout out to All Even Podcast, right? All Even. That's your man? My man. All right, shout out to All Even Podcast. 100%. He cool. Is he? He cool. Let me see. Is he cool? Is he? What is it? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he? Bryson Carver on the show. You can catch him on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook Live. You can catch him on all major streaming platforms, carving it up. What's going on, my man, Bryson Carver? How you doing? What's up, my man, Barry? It's great to be back on All Even. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, yes. it, it's great to be back on here. I had you on a couple times in the last few weeks. That's been uh, It's been fun to have you back on, to say the least. And Let's just say a lot of sports has happened since since we last met on this particular podcast. Yeah, a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of stuff has happened with my particular team. Actually, mm-hmm. both my teams right now, you know, both trending in different directions, obviously. But let's kind of get into the biggest topic of the day, shall we? It's Russell Westbrook to me. I think that Christmas Day happened. They play the Nets. They look terrible against the Nets. They have the comeback in the fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook plays horrible defense on Patty Mills. The rest is history. And the post-game comments are what everybody's talking about right now. If you go to all the particular, you know, sport uh, sports shows, Colin, everybody's talking about Russell Westbrook. Now, I want to get your particular takes on what do you think about that particular press conference? What did it say to you? And what? What do the Lakers do after that? Can they galvanize their team together? Can they come together? Or is this something where they're going to have to actually have a private meeting with a Russell Westbrook to kind of understand what he's talking about, where his head is at, and can they be able to go ahead and salvage the season? Let's start with Russ. Uh, This is... It's it, it's it's a good kind of look into how he looks at the game, how he looks at right. his career, and his and, and just in general, he loves basketball. Nobody's questioned that. Nobody's questioned his commitment, his work ethic. That's never Passion. been the issue. Passion. Passion. That's never been the issue ever with Russell Westbrook. Right. The problem is he's content with just putting up big numbers. We heard what you know Draymond Green said, and and or excuse me, what Carl Anthony Towns said, and Draymond responded, of course. But with with Russ, it's we get the triple doubles. We get, the, we get the stats, we get the highlights, we get a lot of things, but the number one thing I've always said, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and nobody's questioning that. He's, the MB, he's an MVP, he's a multi-time All-Star, and he's, he's going to be the triple-double king for years to come. Right. But he's not a winning basketball player. That's two Hell different no. things. There's, there's, there's been a lot of players in the history of the NBA that talent-wise, it ain't even close. And they bring winning intangibles to the table. They bring... 
they bring the self-awareness of the table. You know, with, with Russ, when he when he got traded to the Lakers, I said it was a disaster from the beginning. Yes, because people saying, oh, well, you know, this is going to work with LeBron and LeBron can make anybody work. Well, that's all that's all good and fun. But Russell Westbrook, since he came into the NBA out of UCLA in 2008, with at the time the Seattle Supersonics, he's been the same player. Hyper-athletic, energy off the charts, although that usually come back, comes back to bite him in the, in the behind once the playoff come, playoffs come because he's exhausted <laughs> right. uh, from playing so hard. And then that's great that he plays hard, but you got to save some of that for, for April, May, and if you get lucky enough, June. And so with, with Russ, my main issue is he's not willing to adjust his game, to change his game. And I think at the end of the day, and this is a harsh reality for Laker fans, he was content with just coming back to L.A. It's for where he's from. He grew up a diehard Lakers fan. I think that was where, where the contentment ended for him. I want to come home, and that's it. Whatever we do in the playoffs is whatever we do in the playoffs, but I'm not hell-bent on winning a championship, and that, I think that's the problem with Russ. What the Lakers do from here, I don't know, because how do you trade a contract that, that, that that's that bad? I mean, it's an, he's it's an albatross. Just, 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 just call it what it is. It's an albatross of a contract, and I just want to – go into the comments specifically. So, you know, he said in the post-game comments, honestly, I think I've been fine. The conversation has been heavily on how I'm playing and what I'm doing, but I think people are expecting me to have effing 25, 15, and 15, which that is not normal. Everybody has to understand, like, that's not a normal thing that people do consistently. That is the disconnect that we are having with Russell Westbrook. He believes that if he's not putting up triple doubles, people are going to criticize his play. That's not what we're saying, Russ. We're saying stop turning the ball over at an alarming rate. Stop stop looking like you're out of control every possession. Stop being out of uh, out of position on defense. He's playing a one-man zone sometimes when I look at him. His guy is in the corner, and he's looking at the basketball. You're taught to see ball and, and, and locate your man. You yep. keep your man at arm's length. You do not just look at the basketball, and you have your guy in the corner. Then you say, oh, crap, there he is. That's what Russell Westbrook has done all season. That's what he's been doing the last four out of five years when he's averaged triple-doubles is that – Everybody is so, so caught up in the 2020-20 game that he had, but they don't understand that it comes with turnovers. It comes with stupid bonehead decisions. It comes with not slowing down and understanding pace and tempo in a basketball game. It doesn't, it, it, it comes with not understanding, you know, possession basketball where the first two minutes of the game are not like the last two minutes of the game. It's completely different basketball. He doesn't understand that because his basketball IQ is so low. So this is the disconnect between Russ, maybe the coaching staff, maybe the fans, maybe just everybody in general is that we are not telling you to get triple doubles. We're telling you to be a smart basketball player. And maybe, maybe that's asking too much. What are your thoughts on that, Bryson? What? the fans are complaining about is not, Oh, you're getting too many triple doubles or we expect triple doubles. Nobody is expecting triple doubles. That's not the problem, right? The issue is in a game where 
you're missing that the other team is missing their best and arguably their second best player, second or third best player Correct. in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You got James Harden, who just is fresh off the, the COVID protocol list, a, a shorthanded Nets team and a Lakers team that in the fourth quarter goes on a 31 to eight run to make a, a miraculous comeback to tie the game. Despite that massive run, despite the fact that KD and Kyrie are out, you're a minus 23. The, the highest in the game. Minus 23, 20% from the field, 0 for from three. Hey, but you got your triple-double. Right. That's all that matters to him. He's, he's convinced us into thinking, okay, the triple-double is the end-all, be-all. It's the most important thing, winning the basketball game. And, and there was, I remember very vividly, two and a half years ago, it actually ended up being his final game as an Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm sure you, you remember, it's, it's best known for the Dame 37-foot yes. buzzer beater to, to eliminate the Thunder. The bye-bye shot is what I call it. <laughs> the bye-bye shot, right. So in that game, OKC's got a big lead. Paul George is going ballistic. He's, he's, he's hot. He's hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. And in the last minute of that game, I, I'd encourage the, the listeners to go out there and watch it. It's the difference between a point guard who has no self-awareness or no feel for the game and another that does. You see right. early shots in the shot clock, jump shots, which we know Russ has never mastered. That's why he shoots so many bank, bank shots, if you notice. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what he does. And you got Dame, who's constantly looking up and down, looking up and down at, at the shot clock and at the game clock, getting layups inside, getting am ones. And, of course, we all know the shot at the buzzer, leaving right. no time for OKC to have one final opportunity. So it's the, as you mentioned, it's the lack of, uh, of basketball IQ. It's the lack of feel for the game. And it's not like, Barry, it's not like the Lakers are asking him to do something that he's not capable of doing. If they're asking him to be a great perimeter shooter for LeBron to kick out to, like a Malik Monk, for example, or a right. Wayne Ellington, well, that's not fair. That, that's, that's not fair to Russ because that's not who he is. But what we are asking is take less shots, defer to LeBron and Anthony Davis, at least when he's healthy, and – Give the high energy, but be able to control it. But he can't. Right. That's the issue. And so this this is a disastrous fit from the beginning. And you, you should have went out and got Buddy healed. And this is where I say, not to be too long winded here, but this is where I say LeBron does does deserve some blame for the Lakers struggle. Absolutely, absolutely. He wanted to 100%. get Russell Westbrook. Hundred percent. They had a deal. Rob Palenka had a deal with the Sacramento Kings. We're going to go get Buddy healed, which would have been a match made in basketball heaven for the King. He says, no, I want Russell Westbrook. And uh, they're two games under 500 and, um, you know, in the play-in as it stands right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, all, everything that you said is pretty much spot on. I mean, you, you know, you know how I felt about the Russell Westbrook trade when it first happened. You know, I was livid. I was yep. livid and everybody, you know, not everybody, but most people were like, oh, you got to give it a chance. This can work. I said, it can't work. It cannot work with somebody and this is my, I think this is my biggest problem with Russell Westbrook. It's not the turnovers. It's not the erratic basketball playing. It's not even the awful dressing that he has <laughs> pregame. None of that stuff bothers me. What bothers me is the lack of accountability that he has yeah. as a professional basketball player, as a point guard, as the literally the quarterback of your basketball team, zero accountability. That's uh, fine. If we win, great. If we don't, great. That's not, you can't come to LA with that mindset. You can go to OKC. You can be in Houston. You can be 
anywhere else, uh, uh, you know, other than a few other places. He can't go to Golden State behaving like that. He can't go to the Lakers behaving like that. You cannot go to San Antonio behaving like that. There's a certain level of professionalism and drive that those particular places are demanding of their athletes. And when you start to, when you have guys like Russell Westbrook and you have guys that are waffle kings like Anthony Davis, this is why you have people that have issues with them. It's not the fact is that it's not their basketball play. Yes, you can be able to have bad games here and there, but it's the other things, the intangibles, the lack of the lack of awareness, the lack of accountability by both of these guys, especially Russell Westbrook. That's the part that bothers me the most because it's not even the fact that you know he plays bad, he misses 16 shots, but you know you got your coach, the coach is behind him. He's like, oh, you know, he missed 16 shots, but he took good shots. Still trying to prop up his player. Can we hear from Russell Westbrook even one time? He says, you know what? I play like crap. I really need to get things going. Um, you know, our five-game losing streak is not acceptable. I don't like losing. I don't like losing like this. You know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to see how we can be able to maybe, you know, try to optimize our lineups the best of our ability. But Please just, you know, give us some time. We're going to figure it out. I'm going to make sure that we don't fail. No, no, it's fine. That's fine. Oh, well, look at my turnovers. I had nine today. Okay, that's fine. But he doesn't prioritize winning. That's the problem. He does not prioritize winning. His career shows you that. Yeah, he's one of those guys that when I was playing basketball, Bryson, after every basketball game, no matter if you won the game by 20 or you lost the game by 20, you had guys that would run to the stat book and they would always look at their stats and say, okay, I had 30 and 12, but you lost by 20. So how impactful was your 30 and 12? Don't really care because you got your numbers, right? That's Russell Westbrook. And I'm telling you, man, this is not going to end well. I've already said it, that I will take a book of stamps for Russell Westbrook. And I mean it. I, I wish basketball was like baseball where you can be like you can be able to tell the teams, listen, we will pay 98% of this contract if you just be able to take the player, give us a couple prospects, and move on. I wish the NBA was like that. I wish that you can be able to eat a port a, a big chunk of that money and just remove the guy from the team. Because correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm long-winded, but I, I you know, I'll let you get in a second. If they remove Westbrook and just put LeBron back at point guard, you have those shooters out there. I honestly believe that the Lakers would be better. Not saying that they're going to be a championship team. They just will be, they won't even be marginally better. They'll be exponentially better. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, I mean, there are runs in the game. Like I mentioned, the, the big run they made to come back on Brooklyn on Christmas evening. There are points in the game where Russ comes out and LeBron is in the game, and you're like, wow, this doesn't look like the same team. Right. And so, I mean, again, one of the issues with Russ is not even just his playing style. It's just the fact he didn't fit with LeBron. Yeah. It's LeBron, one of his very few deficiencies, he's not good off the ball. Well, neither is Westbrook. Right. And so oftentimes, due to the Lakers' ISO-style basketball, you're just going to have dudes you know, standing around, you know, hands in the you know, proverbial pockets in a way. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think they would be better off if they traded Russ. We saw what happened. Heck, you, you plug Chris Paul into a team full of kids, right? And he gets them almost to the second round in the Western Conference in the bubble last year. You see what's happened to Washington. They've kind of felt fallen off a little bit, but with Kyle Kuzma and, and you know your guy and Montrez Harrell and guys like that. Obviously, Hachimura just came back. I mean, this is kind of a they're guys that they're guys and, and, and they're having more success than they did a year ago when they had Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. So I think it just goes to show you that you can plug him in. He'll give you numbers. He'll give you stats. It's, it's not going to affect you at least positively in, in the winning category. And so, yeah, I mean, I think if you, I think you make a good point. If, if Russ is gone, no, they're not a championship team. Cause we saw that in 2018, LeBron's first year in LA. It was a good team. There's right. not a championship team, but if it's it's run by the king, look, maybe they'll win a playoff series. Yeah, you got you got a shot to win a to win a series or two. Sure, yeah. but but no, I I don't trust this team as far as I can throw them if if Russell Westbrook's in the lineup. And so I think you make a compelling point there. Yeah. Here's a bigger question for you. And I've been asking this question for a long time. Where does Russ go? after his LA stint fails Mm. because my issue is this he has another year left on his contract right he's going to be another year older he'll be closer to 35 than he will be 30 right he's on the tail end of his career what team is going to go after Russell Westbrook in free agency and give him x amount of dollars to point guard their team The way I feel about Russell Westbrook is that after his contract is over after next season, I can honestly see a scenario where he retires because there's just no interest in him league-wide to run their point guard position. And it may just end up like Allen Iverson where they want him to come off the bench and Allen Iverson was like, I'm not coming off anybody's bench. I'd rather be a problem and retire, you know, rather than stay on somebody's bench. Do you see that as a honest possibility that this may be the last team that we see Russell Westbrook on due to the fact of he has zero accountability. He, his style of play just doesn't fit anywhere. There's no team in the NBA right now where Russell Westbrook can be able to go there and they would be a plus team because he's arrived. I just don't see it. Well, I almost see it as a, a similar situation as the team he left a couple of years ago, or at least got traded from a couple of years ago, and that's the Houston Rockets. John Wall comes in. He's a, you know, he's a former great player. He's still fairly athletic, but the injuries got to him. He's not even close to the same, same guy. But if Russ doesn't care about winning – be plenty of losing teams that'll take him. And, and I think that's what's going to end up happening is you'll have a team like maybe Oklahoma City brings him back. Right. Maybe OKC brings him back and sell some tickets. You, you get to be around the young players. They're not going to be a playoff team. Heck, I don't even think they'd be a play-in team right. as loaded as the West is. But I could see it seem, being a similar situation to John Wall or if Russ all of a sudden, and I don't anticipate this happening, if Russ has or at least gains some self-awareness, maybe he can turn his career into, <laughs> <laughs> again, there you go we're, we're speaking in uh, hypotheticals we're speaking in hypotheticals you know what you're right let's stay in the hypothetical world let me let me i just had to get that out that was yeah. that was good <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what if he turns his career into that of derrick rose 
Derrick Rose was not a good shooter coming in, into the NBA. Correct. But the, the horrible injuries sapped the athleticism from him. And he's saying, okay, to stay in the NBA, to stay in rotations, of course, he's out right now with the ankle injury, but to stay in rotations, I got to develop a jump shot. And listen, I can still be a, an effective point guard, but a different point guard from what I was, you know, when I was in my early career with the Chicago Bulls. So maybe that has, happens with Russell Westbrook. Uh, I don't anticipate that. I would, I would honestly say Oklahoma City. I, I think you, you possibly see a reunion. He goes back there. The fans will be, you know, overjoyed to have him back. And he'll probably play two, three more years there and he'll retire and he'll be almost at the end of his career, almost like a, like a Nick Collison. Like they'll, they'll bring him in in garbage time occasionally. And, and that'll be how it ends. But you you could see it almost ending like, like Cam Newton in Carolina. Right. Or, or something like that. He comes back, the fans are excited and it, it kind of just fizzles out from there. Possibly. And I would pack his bags for him. I, I, I I'm telling you, there is, there is no two players in in Laker history right now, Bryson, that I have so much vitriol for. I shouldn't, I shouldn't despise these two guys this way, but I'm telling you, there is a, there is a Laker doghouse hall of fame. And there's a lot of players that have donned that hall of fame for me, Kyle Kuzma, you know, uh, you know, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard was there. Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown, you know, Dwight's out of there now because he redeemed himself. Uh, sure. Kwame Brown, uh, you, you have Smush Parker. There's there's so many dislikable guys that have been on this team over the years and the decades. But Russell Westbrook, he may be the one, he may be the Neo of the bunch because the lack of accountability. I've never seen a player that is so pig-headed and so stubborn and doing it his way, he even said it in the post-game press conference. Oh, well, you know, I got the coaches telling me this. And then when I go into the game, it's di- like, it's not different. They're, they're, I know that there's no way the coaches are giving you a different message. They're telling you, be yourself. We want you to be aggressive. That doesn't mean playing stupid basketball. Now, if you're a stupid basketball player, then maybe I need to retort or, you know, kind of retract my statements. We need you to be this instead of being Russ, because in his head, being Russ means I have to go out there and get triple doubles. I got to go out there and do everything. I got to be the, 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 no, that's not what, what it is. And the uh, last point on this, and then we'll move on is that the Lakers right now, are the number one team in regards to pace in the NBA. LeBron James, when his Cleveland teams and his Miami teams and even that Laker team a year ago, a year and a half ago, that won the championship, they were 11 in pace. Those Miami Heat teams, they were in the 20s in pace. That Cleveland team, they were in the 20s in pace. It's not about playing fast. It's about playing smart. Yep. You don't have to have you even you even see how Russ plays. I've never seen a guy go to the basket and throws the ball up even fat. Like normally they tell you explode to the rim and finish softly. Yep. So you give the ball a chance to go in. But he can't even slow down his motion. To shoot the layup. 
I've never I seen anything like it. It's like, this is a grown man. He's been playing basketball a long time. And he looks like a guy that just picked up a basketball yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you see some of those shots. He's flinging up in the air. They'll go into this in the second row, actually, really the fifth row of of the seats behind the basket. Bryson, the air balls is what gets me. He shoots oh, the Lord. air ball and then he looks at his hands and then he rubs. It's not your hands. <laughs> it's you. It's you. It is you. There's no. There's nothing slick on your hands. There's no. nothing. It's you. It is you. And, and last thing before before we get to your next point. Ah. When, when Kevin Durant left OKC in 2016, people were pissed at him for two reasons. One, why did you go to the team that beat you? Why did you go this right. loaded 73 and 19? I don't I'm, know if that... Hell, I'm still there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. I understand. I understand. And, and again, I'm, I'm stepping back objectively. I'm a Warriors yeah. fan, but I'm stepping back. I understand. Yeah. I, I get that side of it from people's criticism. But, you know, are, are the same people still criticizing him? Those same people saying, man, you shouldn't have left your guy, West. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I want to apologize to Kevin Durant. I don't apologize to him often, but I'm definitely going to apologize to him now. I am sorry because I was one of the guys that said, you know what? Westbrook is the engine of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's the one that lets it. He's the one that makes it go. No, I apologize because if he had to deal with that for how many years? Nine, ten, nine. But no, eight, eight. They were together eight years. I, I, there, there are no words to be able to just express my deep sympathy for that man to have to deal with that for all those seasons to have a guy shoot that much more than you for all of those seasons. When you're the efficient basketball player, you should have been getting 20 plus shots, not him. Can you imagine how refreshing it was? Take the Warriors aspect out of it, going from that guy to the unselfish superstar that Steph oh, Curry is. Oh my goodness! Man, oh, it must have been that. That's why I was like, he, wait, he he left the Warriors for for Kyrie, but hey, who knows? Katie is a, a complex guy. He's a complex guy, but listen, even the weirdo Kyrie Irving, as weird as he is, and as much of a headache as he is, that man runs laps around Russell Westbrook. Because at least on the basketball court, you can be able to find your way with a Kyrie Irving. Yes, he's ball dominant. Yes, he he can be able to be a ball stopper at times. And but he shows up. He, he's a, he's an efficient basketball player, and he doesn't make bonehead decisions on the court. This dude, you can love him off the court, but when you're on the court with him, you want to fight him. <laughs> like I'm on my couch, and I want to fight him. Like I could imagine being on the court and seeing him do the like he's 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 falling on the floor, Bryson, turning the ball over, falling on the floor. He's jumping up, throwing passes while he's what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I just I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm done. I don't want to talk about him no more because I'm going to I can to tell lose. it's 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 I'm telling I can tell I, it's yeah, really weird. I'm, I'm starting to really get mad right now. So let's just go on to something positive. Moving on, moving on. Dallas Cowboys. I'm not yes, going to lie to you, Bryson. I wanted a statement game. I had said this on your show. I, w- I need a statement game from Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I did not see that coming. Now, is it more 
All right, you know, for people that didn't watch the game, Dallas wins 56 to 14. It is a it is a one-sided beating. It, it I've never seen a I haven't seen a beating like this in a regular season in a long, long time. This is a that was a Madden score. It was it was straight domination from start to finish. If if this is a game that can propel a team. Do you honestly believe that they can springboard from a win like this? I mean, I think they've already springboarded personally because okay. when you look at the defense, you look at how they played. And again, some of that, I'm hesitant to say, oh, this is the best defense in the NFL, or even this is a top three defense in the NFL, as some people have tried to make it. My thing is, okay, you've got Kyler Murray, albeit without DeAndre Hopkins, but you've got right. Kyler Murray on Sunday I will buy more into the defense if they do what Indianapolis or what the Rams did to Kyler Murray. Right. Um, you know, obviously you're, you're talking about Taylor Heineke twice and, and Taysom Hill, who to me is not even the quarterback and, and, and Mike Glennon, who shouldn't even be in the NFL right now. It's, <laughs> I mean, he shouldn't, he's horrible. You're right. But, you know, with the Cowboys and, and I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I said on my show Friday, I said, I don't want to win. I don't want to just, you know, win the NFC East and we're content with that. No, I, I want an absolute dominating you know beating beat down as, as, as you mentioned and like i said i did not see you know 70 combined points 56 of that coming from from the home team uh on the horizon but this is why i've i've said when you look at this cowboys team and, and it's it may sound cliche it may sound unrealistic coming from us two cowboy fans but correct me if i'm wrong man something feels different about this team something Very, feels yes. Because yes. the last, since the last uh, Super Bowl in 1995, probably one of the most loaded teams in NFL history, since that Super Bowl championship, there's been one team that I can say, okay, they were elite everywhere. Right. And that's 2007. Right. Here's the problem with 2007, where they had pro balls all over the place. Wade Phillips, as great of a defensive coordinator as, as, as he was, you had your reservations for him as a head coach. And you could say the same possibly about Mike McCarthy. I'll give you that. But it's Tony Roma, man, you were always just holding your breath, waiting. Oh, boy, what's he? He's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Hold, hold my breath. And you see how he played against the Giants in that playoff game. The thing with these Cowboys, they run the ball well. Uh, probably they run, they, run the, they run the ball better than probably any of the contenders in the NFC. I mean, I think we all agree on that with Zeke, who's not 100%, but he's still getting it done. Tony Pollard being the, the bolt of lightning that he is. You have an offensive line that was missing Tyron Smith and push that elite Washington defensive line all over the field. You right. got Jonathan Allen swinging at Deron Payne. I mean, it's getting ugly over there on right. the Washington sideline. And so you look at that, you look at the receiving talent, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. I love Cedric Wilson and Dalton yeah. Schultz is a good pass catching tight end. And so defensively there's, I'll tell you, Trayvon Dick scares me a little bit when, when, when he goes up against possibly the Cooper cups or the Devontae Adams or the DeAndre Hopkins in the playoffs, but he, he's opportunistic. He thinks every pass is going to him. That's great. But my thing is this defensive line, I said this on Monday, reminds me a little bit of that 2019 49ers defensive line. Okay. Deep at every single position that you, you saw what Chris Collinsworth showed on NBC on the Sunday night game, where they just rotate those guys everywhere. They'll put Lawrence inside. They'll have Parsons either come off the edge or have him come up and on a linebacker blitz. The things, and Dan Quinn deserves a ton of credit for this, and I'm sure we'll get into his name later in the show, but 
when you look at the versatility on both sides of the ball, when you look at a guy in Greg Zerline who drives me crazy sometimes, but to his credit, he makes the big ones. He always, he's all season. He's made the big ones. Right. And, and obviously, you know how I feel about Dak Prescott. I, I think at the biggest games, he's always played as, as well as he possibly can. And so if there was ever an opportunity in the last quarter century to win a Super Bowl, I, 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 I'm not real sure how much closer they can get than this team personally. Yeah. Listen, you, you hit everything on the head, man. Like they, it feels different. There's just, you know, there was always this cloud of, of, we don't know what with this regime, with this Dak and, 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 and Zeke regime, just things just didn't go right. If you, you want to go back into Tony Romo eras as well, it's just that something would go wrong. Just like what Stephen A. Smith would say, yep. you know, what can go wrong will go wrong with the Dallas Cowboys, but we're not seeing that this year. And that's the mark of a team that knows who they are, that have, they, they have an identity, they understand the identity, and they're, they're saying, listen, man, this is who we are, and come, you know, we're coming at you every Sunday. We're coming at you come playoff time. You have to, you have to try to stop all three phases of our football team now because the special teams have been playing well. Defense has been playing out of their mind and the offense, you know, Sunday actually caught up. So, you know, that if that can be able to continue to trend in that direction, I mean, I as good as the Packers are right now, they do have some they do have some question marks. Yeah, they do have some question marks offensively for me that they're not they're not clicking offensively like they should, Um, but they're still good. So you still have to put them up there. And as good as Tampa is, as great as Brady is, they have so many injuries. I don't know if they can be able to overcome all of these injuries that they have. It is, it is a mountain of issues that they have. And if they can be able to do that, I mean, you got you to gotta really tip your hat and say this is probably the, the most shocking Super Bowl back-to-back champions ever in, in the history of, of, of the game because of what they had to deal with defending that title. So, you know, it's, it's amazing, man. I, I got to give kudos to Dak. Got to give kudos to the defense. I got to give kudos to, to, um, you know, Kellen Moore. He, he, he had a great, great um, game offensive plan. game plan, but the one person that I'm definitely going to give the game ball to, and he's been getting game balls all season is the defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. I think people owe Dan Quinn a huge, huge apology. I remember when they signed him. Oh, well, you know, the the the, the Falcons never finished in the top 10 in defense. They were a terrible defense on Dan Quinn. Oh, what is he going to do with Dallas? He's just going to add to their issues because he's not a good coach. Really? They owe that man a huge apology because Dan Quinn has always been a great defensive mind. If you have the good pieces, you can be able to execute and do a lot of different things. If you don't have the pieces, you cannot get creative on defense and you cannot have certain exotic blitzes and different schemes that you can be able to flip guys around and and move them around on defense. When you got interchangeable parts and guys that can be able to play multiple positions that the Cowboys have, that's when you'll see the greatness of Dan Quinn. That's what he had in Seattle. This is what people don't understand is that when you have great defensive players, 
they can be able to execute your game plan. It's that simple. It's that simple. It, the defense is that simple. Good players, they can execute your game plan. Decent players, they can execute your game plan sometimes. Bad players, they're not going to be able to get the scheme. Doesn't matter how long you try to practice it, they're not going to get it. And the last thing I want to say, and then you can be able to go, is you said something about Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, to me, doesn't scare me. The problem with Trayvon Diggs is that he's still learning how to play cornerback. He is. And, you know, I, I look at Trayvon Diggs as a guy that's literally just he's, he's learning on the job. He knows that he has wide receiver skills. So when the ball is in the air, he wants to go get every ball. As he gets older, as he gets more experience, he's going to learn that he, he can knock down some, some, some balls. He can be able to, to play better coverage and really take away that side of the field. But he's just learning right now. And the fact that he's learning and still doing this, I don't care how many yards he gives up. I don't care if he's one of the low-graded cornerbacks of pro football focus. I don't care about all that because you saw him shut down Terry McLaurin for two straight games. He has the ability to take away your best receiver. And I, I, I'm not saying that he can shut down Devontae or Cooper Cup, but I can guarantee that he can make it difficult on those guys that are good players. Devontae is a great player. I think Cooper Cup, I'm not going to call him great. I think he's on a cusp of being, being in, that, in, that, in that, uh, that category. But, you know, I believe that with a Trayvon Diggs, you cannot make a mistake. And that's the okay. thing with him. You need to, as a wide receiver, you have to trick him. You have to double move him. You have to make sure that you you kind of juke him and, and give him something to bite on, and then you can be able to catch him over the top. But if you're just trying to outrun him or you're trying to out-physical him on the route, it's not going to happen. That's not what he – that's not that's not his, uh, his weakness. He is going to push you off that spot and get that football. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have the reservations that a lot of people or even some people in Dallas Cowboy Nation have. You know, I think that I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. The thing was, is he was recruited by Alabama to be a wide receiver. Of course, right. we all know his brother, Stefan Diggs, elite wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He's recruited. Nick Saban's looking at him, He's like, he, he's just not as good as some of these guys. Right. But I want to get him on the field. And so he right. converts to corner. And, uh, and, and you see how that's obviously worked out for him. It's, it's, he's, he's a pro bowler. Yeah. And so my thing is he'll sometimes gamble and you know, sometimes that's, that's, that's great. Right. Um, but you saw, for example, I'll throw out the new England game where he, he, he almost won the game and he almost cost him the game on back to back right. plays. He picks off the pass from Mac returns it to the house. And on the very next play, he takes a horrible angle. Right. Uh, he, he gambles with, with Kendrick Bourne, Mac Jones hits him over the top and it's 75 yards to the house, you know, for new England. And so my thing is, with a Devontae Adams, let's just focus on him. You can't gamble, man, because yeah. he's one of the best route runners in the game. He's his, I think his speed is underrated. And probably, and probably has the best hands, too. Oh, absolutely. I don't see many drop passes by 17 in green. So you look at the chemistry. I heard Aaron Rodgers talking about today. They can just look at each other and know what they're thinking. Right. Um, and so that's kind of the thing you gotta got to worry about a little bit. But, hey, unlike Byron Jones, for example, who – yeah, he could shut you down, but he couldn't take the ball away. Byron Joe, I've he had lead hands. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. Two interceptions in four years as a Cowboy. Lead hands. It's like, man, the, the, there's certain things, there's certain passes that came his way. I'm like, bro, that's an easy pick six. And he would just, you know, he would he'd miss it and then he would look at his hands. Oh, I almost had it. Like, no, no, no. But let me, let me get back to Dan Quinn uh, real quick because you made a good, a good point. When you put the necessary talent around him, we all know what Dallas has defensively is in right. Parsons and Lawrence and Gregory and, and 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 we keep going from there. But look at and I, I thought about this the other day. Look at the Legion of Boom. I mean, you got yeah. Cam Chancellor, I think borderline Hall of Famer, Richard Sherman, first ballot, Earl, Earl Thomas, first ballot. Uh, obviously, we talk about Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright was no joke. And so when you look at that Seattle defense, after Dan Quinn got hired by by Atlanta, they were never really the same. Nope. And so, yes, you, you, you can have all the talent you want, but if you don't have that guy who can, you know, kind of tap into that and put, it, put them in the best situation to succeed, you know, there's only so far they can go. And so I'm not saying, like, he made Richard Sherman these guys. They're great players, all-time greats. But it, it, it's a perfect marriage between, you know, you, you got the playmakers in, in, in Gregory and Lawrence and Parsons. You, you, you bring that with, with a Super Bowl-winning coordinator in Dan Quinn. It's a match made in football heaven, and that's Absolutely. why it's worked so well. Absolutely. But, uh, I just got it before. If we're going to move on from the Cowboys after this, I just got to throw this out there. Um, so you, you starting to get a little nervous about our bet because explain to the audience what the bet is uh, in case they're not familiar. Okay. So the bet is I bet that the Dallas Cowboys are not going to get to the NFC title game. Bryson bets that the Cowboys will at least get to the NFC title game. So if he wins the bet, I have to do my show in no you got to come on my show yes i gotta come on your show and i have to talk i have to use an accent is that correct what you have to because it, it really it's a dak prescott back this stemmed from when oh Dak's yeah I gotta, big deal. yeah i gotta and, make sure i gotta praise dak prescott or something like that right and and, and barry guys barry was in mourning he was he was <laughs> slumping in his, his bed he's throwing his cowboy hat out the back uh, at the back door and I'm out here <laughs> celebrating with my Dak Jersey again. I'm for, for, it's a podcast. I'm wearing my Dak hat and my color rush Dak Jersey. Um, and so we, we tend to butt heads on, on them, that certain quarterback, but you got to come on my show and praise Dak and, and oh, you can praise goodness. the Cowboys too in a Southern accent because in oh. case you can't tell I'm from Tennessee. So I have that slight little Southern draw. <laughs> if not, if they don't get to the NFC championship game or further, I got to come on your show. Yes. And I got to, I guess, try and do my best Stephen A. Smith impression <laughs> uh, and, 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 and fake the New York accent as best I can. And I got to tell you, I'm not practicing. <laughs> I'm not planning on practicing anytime soon because they got a chance to get this first round by. And at that point, they'll need one playoff win. Listen, and you will all, need to start sounding like a Robertson. All I, all I want, I, listen, I, I don't want to win the bet. But at the same time, I want to win the bet because I hate losing. I hate losing, Bryce. I, if I save, I'm going to bet something I want to win. So I, I'm, I, I'm going against my own Cowboys, yes. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, I, it's not so bad. You know, I'll you go there. Which, which loss I, hurts more, Barry? I'll have a southern twang and talk about Dak Pratt. How, all right, how long does this segment have to be? That, 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 that is very important because, you know, I can be able to say 20 seconds and that'd be it. How long does this segment have to be? Because that's when it gets bad. You got to talk for about two minutes. Oh, my goodness. Oh. You can't do two minutes? I don't know if I got two minutes worth of praise for that. 
I'm not saying I'm not saying you got to say he's Patrick Mahomes or Brady or something. I'm just saying you got to give this man his due share. That's all uh, I'm saying. All right, I I I can I'll come up. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to you got to compartmentalize. You got to say which loss hurts me more. Do I want to uh, have the Cowboys with all this talent lose another playoff game, come up short of a championship game again, and be in the same group as Washington and Cincinnati and Cleveland and Detroit and everybody, or do I want to maybe hey if the stars align, literally the stars align. Do I want my team to hoist the Lombardi trophy? And I just got to speak in a Southern accent for two minutes and admit I was wrong. That's all you got to do. That's all Uh, you got to do, Barry. Admitting that I'm wrong is like poison, Bryson. Okay. That's your problem. Yes. uh, Yes. Yes. That that is my problem. Yeah. Because I'm never wrong. That's debatable, but keep keep going. (laughs) Highly debatable. Highly debatable. (laughs) Well, listen, don't come on my show. And start throwing shade, okay? I'm don't do that. Shade. I'm not don't do shade. that, okay? I don't come I to carving it up and 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 throw shade at you. I, all I do is give you praise. That's all I do. Uh, I mean, you 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 kind of you, you said I was like a Dak Homer last time, <laughs> but you know that I, I, I won't. My, you have a Dak Prescott hat on. I've never seen that. You've never I've, seen this hat? No. You're the only person that I've ever seen with a Dak hat. But I'm I'm loyal, man. I even got my bobblehead over my shoulder here. <laughs> Listen, you, as you you know, we 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 talked off air that you know that may be the new uh the new uh what, what you call Good it luck charm. Um, Good luck charm. Yeah, yeah, like the new rabbit foot. Yep. So, you know, listen, Dallas Cowboy fans out there, we there's some special things happening with this team. Uh, just enjoy the ride because we haven't seen this in a very very long time. And, you know, can we be able to sustain it? I don't know, but I'm happy. I'm happy with what we're seeing. So moving on, moving on. Bryson, I want to talk about a certain team that started off very, very hot. And what I'm seeing, I'm starting to see a trend here. It's not actually with this particular team, but it's with the person that's actually coaching the team. Right. We're talking about Cliff Kingsbury here. Now, you know, injuries aside, the Cardinals have had a myriad of injuries this year. You know, the quarterback went down. They, uh, you know, their prize number one receiver is out for the season. He's had a banged up year, which is unfortunate. You know, they've had injuries on their defensive line. They've had injuries in their backfield. They've had injuries all over the place. But does that actually give Mr. Klingsbury a pass? Because... In his history, his teams start very, very fast. And we're going back to college now. This is not just NFL people. You look at the stats. They start off good, and then they drop off the table. Not even just have a struggle or two where they're like maybe a game under 500. They literally drop off the table bad. This is a. This is not something that's an. It's not a. It's not an outlier or. You know, this is this is a trend. This is who he is. What are your thoughts on that? And do the Cardinals need to start realizing, man, as good as he might be, he's not ever going to get us to where we need to be. Well, Cliff Kingsbury is one of the reasons that I liked Arizona. I picked Arizona to get to the playoffs, not as a division champ, but I I liked him. I picked Kyler Murray to win the MVP because of that offense. That's it. I mean, you, you obviously were talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who's out for the rest of the regular season, as you mentioned. You got A.J. Green. You've got 
you know, James Connors had like a resurgence of his career right, right. in Arizona. Looks you know, amazing. A, a, yeah, he does. And it's, it's a decent offensive line. Christian Kirk's one of the more underrated slot receivers. I mean, they've got playmakers really on both sides of the ball. J.J. Watt was was good until he got hurt. Right. Um, and, and Chandler Jones still don't know why Belichick traded him a few years ago. But just, just didn't want to pay him. What? He just didn't want to pay him. Oh, yeah. But when you look at both sides of the ball, star power galore. And the pieces fit, by the way. It's, it's not like, like well, right. you're just kind of throwing crap together and, and, and hoping it sticks. No, th- th- this works. And with Cliff Kingsbury, does he lack leadership? Does he lack – because, you know, it, I'm, gonna, I'm sure we may get to Mac Jones later. Part of my concern with Mac Jones and part of my concern with Cliff Kingsbury, once the best coaches in this league get film on you and get filming your team, right. that's when we know how good you are. Right. You know, out the season, we, we've had plenty of, of early season frauds in, in the NFL. I mean, Cleveland started 3-1, and 4-1, and one, and look where they are now. Right. Uh, I mean, so th- this happens. So with Cliff Kingsbury, you're seeing a guy who, you know, let's be honest, got the job due to some Sean McVay sort of like, well, he's, he's young. He's exactly of a certain, you know, maybe complexion. And so maybe he can work and he'll develop this young quarterback into a superstar. And I got to admit, I don't think some of the, the Kyler Murray superstardom stems from Cliff Kingsbury. Right. I think it's the fact that he's, Kyler he's just young. good. He's yes. just good. Yeah. He's, he's elusive. He can run. He's got a rocket arm. He throws a beautiful football. His accuracy, although hasn't been recent weeks, but at, you know, all the way around is 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 unbelievable. At one point, right. he's completing like seventy something percent of his passes. It was crazy. So, Cliff Kingsbury, it was, it's almost a little bit Jason Garrett ish. It's like stay out of the way, and, and and let let them do their job. And he he's getting in the way. And the Cardinals go from being the one seed and looking like maybe the favorite out favorites at the NFC to a three-game losing streak, and they're the five seed, and we'll have to go on the road for the playoffs starting in January. And possibly are going to get dominated by the Cowboys. Next week, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, let me know if you agree with this comparison in regards to how I feel about Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury is the Mike D'Antoni of the NFL. I don't think he's as good as Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> At the very least, at the very least, Mike D'Antoni has some good, no, 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 great offensive teams. Right. Phoenix and the Knicks and not much with the Lakers, but with Houston, it was. Well, why, it was why, do you have to, why do you have to do that? Well, I'm just going through his coaching history. Why, why must you, why can't you just highlight the, the, the highs? You, you don't have to put that, that, you don't have to do that. Well, you, you said Mike D'Antoni as if it was an indictment on, on Cliff. It Kingsbury. is, it is. I, I listen to me. I would, I would love the Mike D'Antoni, uh, you know, sort of uh, feel like Mike D'Antoni, the better comparison for him to me is Lincoln Riley. Like that's, that's <laughs> probably the better. Hey, 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 don't talk about Lincoln Riley. I love Lincoln Riley. I'm just okay. saying. Uh, all right. Listen, I, I don't like Mike D'Antoni's coaching style. That's why I threw a shot at him, but I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I, I think that Cliff Kingsbury has to work up to be Mike D'Antoni, but he has the same chokeability. <laughs> that Mike D'Antoni has because what what is it? What do you think is the problem? Is it a lack of is it just bad luck or he's just really choking up as the season goes on because the pressure is starting to mount? You know, when the when the season starts and nobody really expects much out of you, you can be able to, you know, loosen up and try different things and you know, kind of be more aggressive. As the season gets later and there's stakes involved, right? Playoff seating, there's division titles on the line. 
Do you think that's the reason why he kind of looks like I'm playing not to lose rather than playing to win? Well, for the most part, you, you talk about bad luck. I, for the most part, I don't believe in bad luck as a whole. Okay. I think that there's an old saying, you know, fortune favors the bold, and I could say fortune favors the best. Why does it right. seem like Tom Brady teams, Aaron Rodgers teams, seem to get the benefit of a lot of officiating calls? You know, they put themselves in positions in, in games where, hey, they don't necessarily need an officiating break, and you do. Right. And so uh, in, in the case of the Cardinals, I don't think that's it. I, I think – when you, you saw what they did with Bruce Arians for that short time in 2014 and 15 with Carson Palmer, I think if you plug the right guy in there, I don't think it's like some Arizona Cardinals curse. You know, obviously they've never won a Super Bowl, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily hanging over the team because no, no one really talks about like a big curse over the Cardinals or well, something. Well, I don't mean, I don't necessarily mean a curse over the Cardinals. I mean like bad, like, like bad luck with him. Like, like, is it just something where it's just like, it's unfortunate that it's just happening or is this really who he is? You know what I mean? I mean, I think his history shows you it's who he is. Right. You know, he had a losing record at Texas Tech with Patrick freaking Mahomes. I don't even know how that. I don't even know how that's possible. But. I don't know either. He, he had some horrendous defenses. You remember that Patrick Mahomes Baker Mayfield game in 2016? Right. I mean, Mahomes put up like four. He put like a 40 or 50 burger and, and right. lost by double digits. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing with Cliff Kingsbury is some some way it's going to kind of fall apart. And so whether that's defensively, whether it's Kyler doesn't look the same as he did pre-injury, it, it, it's always something. It's yeah. always something with Cliff always Kingsbury. Something. And when you look at culture builders, I don't think he's one of those guys. No, I, I agree And that's what you. you need. I criticized Nick Sirianni when the Eagles hired. Actually, I think we both did. We did an IG Live earlier this year. We're oh, like, I, I crushed that guy. I crushed yeah. him. But I'm like – to his credit, the Eagles have an identity. They right. run the football. They know exactly who they are. I don't think the Cardinals really know who they are. They know they're talented. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. They know they got a, 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 an unbelievable talent in Kyler Murray. But who are we? What, what, what basis do we have that we can be a championship-level team? And that's, that's where the coach has to come in. And I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that guy, plain and simple. All right, here's a, here's a Dallas Cowboys question for you. Would okay. you trade Mike McCarthy no. for Cliff? <laughs> no. At least Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. At the very least, here's what <laughs> he Mike had McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Come on. but here's here's what Mike McCarthy did. It's the same thing that Ed Orgeron did. Ed Orgeron's okay. not a good head coach. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, I don't think Mike McCarthy's that good either. <laughs> but to his credit, the staff is unbelievable. It's an all-star staff. You got Kellen Moore, who's going to get interviewed for head coaching jobs. You got Dan Quinn, who's getting head coaching interviews, who, right. who has been a head coach. And you got Bones Fossil, who's arguably the best special teams coach in the NFL. Right. So to Mike McCarthy's credit, he assembled the staff. Ed Orgeron assembled the staff at LSU that, you know, with, along with Joe Burrow, won the national championship in 2019. So they, and they, so they deserve some credit. Yes, they do. They do. They deserve some credit for that success. Now, Mike McCarthy can drive me nuts on the clock management stuff weekly. But as, as far as game planning, as far as knowing the ways of the NFL, the lay of the land, I trust Mike McCarthy way more than I trust Cliff Kingsbury. Because okay. you could say Cliff Kingsbury is getting by on a generationally talented quarterback. Right. Just like you can with Mike McCarthy when he had Aaron Rodgers. That's fair. That's fair. That's okay. I'm saying. That's fair. Listen, I, I, I just had to ask. I just had to ask because sometimes I feel – that Mike McCarthy just needs to go. 
He got yeah. to go. I, I but, don't disagree with you. But if they, if the way they're playing right now, just keep everything the same. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to change anything. Don't mess it now, up. Now, me and you have an issue here, Bryson. You know, I, I try not to argue with you. You're my man. You know, we, we, we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But this is where I draw the line. This is where I got I to, gotta, you know, I got to come at you a little bit now because you continue to bash my man on your show when I told you that he was the best quarterback coming out of the draft and everybody looked at me like I had five heads that night. Everybody looked at me like, oh, Barry's just being Barry. He's being crazy. He's a nut. He doesn't understand what he's talking about. There's plenty of guys that are better. Really? Really? We're talking about my man, Michael McCorkle Mac Jones. Okay. Yep. That guy, that guy, he's had a couple of struggles in regards to the last few games, couple struggles, but I heard you bash the man for a game plan that was all about the coach and McDaniels. If he, he wanted to pass the ball, the coach told him not to, he's not going to audible out of that. They were running the football. They're dominating the game. Defensively, they're doing what they got to do. And he didn't need to throw the ball. That's not his job. That's not his job. His job is to do what the coach is supposed is asking him to do. You can't blame a man, Mac Jones, for that. And also, the game against the Bills on Sunday, they came back. They actually made it a game. Did he make the plays down the stretch to, to win the game? Absolutely not. But the man is a rookie. Come on. Come on, give him a break. Give him a break, Bryson. I'm not giving him a break for the simple fact that he was <laughs> overdrafted. He is, and I've said this, and it's so funny that it's sort of coming together. I said before the draft, I'm not even a big fan of this guy that I'm about to mention, but I like him more than Mac Jones. That's Davis Mills. Oh, my At goodness. The, he, I'm not saying Davis Mills is not a franchise quarterback. He's not. But neither is Mac Jones. When 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 you, Mac Jones, you watch it, okay? That that man, look at his stats. Look at his stats. Oh, I have. Yes, he I is, have. He is top twenty in QBR right now. Top Still. twenty. Doesn't matter, bro. If you Doesn't said matter. top ten, okay, I'll give it twenty. He's a rookie. Come on. Yeah. Yes. You know. So was Dak Prescott, and he led the NFL in QBR his rookie year. Hey, hey, where has that gotten him? Where's that okay. gotten Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. You know, I don't want to say this because I don't want to jinx my own team. Mac Jones may possibly win a Super Bowl before Dak Prescott does. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there I, there I said it. I said it. That's how, you know what? If they have Mac Jones hats, I might have to go get me a, get myself a Mac Jones hat. Just like how you got a Dak hat, I got to get me a Mac Jones hat. Because you doubt the man, you doubt the man, and then he's going to prove you wrong, Bryson. He's going to prove you wrong. No, he's not. Okay, you said let's let's go to your first point about the three pass game against the Buffalo Bills. Yes, you say okay, well that's not Mac's fault. He only, by the way, he audibled into one of those throws, so it should have been only two passes. Like Josh McDaniels <laughs> was screaming on the sideline. Why, as a quarterback, God forbid you throw a football? I mean, that's not like we listen. Signed it is like fifteen below. The ball feels like a rock. You don't throw it. You don't okay. throw it. All right. So let me let me give this to you. Let, let's throw out a guy that we don't think is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, yes. but he's good. Like yes. we, we, we acknowledge he's good. Let's yes. throw out, say, Kirk Cousins. He's good. 
Yeah, he's good. He's, he's had good. a really good year this year. He's very good, yeah. He's good. And so with Kirk Cousins, put him as in the New England Patriots. Do you think he throws more than three passes? Yes, because he's a veteran. Okay, let's you throw can't, out. You, you can't compare that. The kid's a rookie. Come on. Okay, okay. The Dallas Cowboys in 2016, I mentioned Dak Prescott. Um, Ezekiel Elliott led the league in rushing with 1,600 yards. They had the yes. best offensive line by a mile in the NFL. I agree. Three Hall of Famers, and Dak still put up the numbers he, that he put up. My yes. point to you is this. If Belichick trusts in Mac Jones, he's throwing more than three passes. Okay, the point blank. He's throwing more than three passes. Yes, they run the ball well. We see teams run the ball well every week. Every week. It's not like the Patriots just invented running the football well. We, we know they have a really good offensive line, boarding on great. You've got Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris has really shocked me with as productive as he's been. Yes. The Patriots didn't invent running the ball at a high level in a quarterback-centric league. You, I, I get it. You need to be able to run the ball. We understand that. That's why I have questions about my Super Bowl pick, Buffalo. But when you look at, I mean, he had QBR four, a four in that game. He only had three passes. How high That's is your QBR going to be? Okay. I mean, in, in the biggest game, do or die. This, well, not do or die. You're going to make the playoffs probably. Uh, you're nine and six. Your, your schedule from here isn't, you know, horrible. Um, in a game of the year that was begging to be won by either team, Mac Jones completed under 50% of his passes. For a buck 45, no touchdowns, two picks. And uh, his QBR was 38 and his passer rating was 34. You, you, you know, like you, that? you know, yeah, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You know why I like it? Because he's going against a Buffalo defense that is, that is, listen, Buffalo's defense for the first half of the season was a top, was a real good defense. Then they kind of fell off the table and they, they lost start- their number one corner. Right. They lost their number one corner. They're starting to regain some type of resemblance of that good defense again. Listen, it's a division game. Those games are tough. Those games are tough. But don't don't make it seem like my man Mac Jones is not going to be able to right the ship. He's going to end up with 24 touchdowns. Maybe 10 to 12 interceptions. That's a good season for a rookie. It's a good season, but here's the thing. It has to be perfect for him to succeed because in the games he's fallen behind, he's come apart. He's completely, you see the Colts game, fell apart, fell apart. Through those picks in the red zone. Uh, I mean, he's, he is what's holding the Patriots back. To me, I still have a back. People like, oh, well, maybe Belichick shouldn't be coach of the year. I'm like, Mac Jones, to me, is evidence Belichick should be coach of the year. You look at this defense. <laughs> the you look shots, at the, the lack shots that of skill take. players. I, I, can't, I can't do it. I mean, this is, hey, people talk about, oh, we're a run first team. we got a lot of teams like that. They're, they are reliant on the run. If they don't run the ball well, good night, Irene. It's over. You know what? Mac Jones, because you just bashed him so on my show. He's going to win a playoff game. And when he wins a playoff game, I may just buy a ticket to Tennessee and I, <laughs> and we're going to have a showdown. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen because Mac Jones is special. Spe- I told oh everybody. Goodness, he Mac Jones, special. He's special. He's special. No, 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 no. His poise, special. his poise, his, his command of the offense, his IQ, special. Special. Oh, listen, he that's the number one thing people said about him coming on college. He's he's smart. Uh, he he gets the playbook quickly. That's great. Like that's I'm not denying that for a second. But the thing is, when you the Patriots, as it stands right now, they're staying at the sixth seed, right? So yes. they would go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. They, 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 actually, would, they, they would beat Cincinnati. They would beat Cincinnati. 
Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. First of all, I think that defense would, would have today. problems. I think that defense would have problems against we, Joe Burrow. We are talking about Palpatine here. We are? They, they, we, Listen, he, they're not going to have any trouble. I get that. They're going to have any trouble. He's going to take away their best weapon, which is Jamar Chase. What are you going to do about T. Higgins? They ain't got to worry about no T. Higgins. It'd be all right. It'd, he it'd was a right. problem at Clemson, man, and he's been a problem it'd, in the NFL. It'd be all right, Matt. You got Mac Jones. He got nothing to worry about. Nothing, nothing to, worry, to about. worry about. Except when you go down in a game. If it's seven nothing, <laughs> just turn off the game. You, you know, know what's going to happen. Actually, we, no. Keep it if if you're betting on the game. Keep we the game are on. always going to be at odds about Mac Jones until he just proves to you that you know he's he's just that good. It's like Palpatine and Darth Vader. Palpatine is Belichick. Darth Vader is Mac Jones. He is that type of guy, all right? Silent. He's going to make sure he does exactly what the emperor wants, and he has his own power. He has his own moxie about him. That's Mac Jones. That's last, Mac Jones. Last thing. How many playoff games has Belichick won without Tom Brady? None. No, he's won one. He, he won one in Cleveland oh, in the one. 1990s. Okay, yes, 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 yes. One. And again, He's a great coach. I'm not denying that for a second. And to me, he's still coach of the year. Well, guess what? You just put it out there. The fact that he's only won one playoff game mm -hmm. without the great Tom Brady. Mac Jones is here now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mac, this is a joke. Mac, you can't even say Mac, with a straight face, baby. What do you mean? I always laugh, okay? I laugh at everything. Mac, <laughs> Mac Daddy Jones is here now, okay? That's what it is. Just accept it. Be happy, and I'm going to look on the internet. I want to make sure that if there's a Mac Jones hat out there, I'm going to start wearing Mac Jones hats. Listen, That's what I'm going to start doing. He's got the trademark. He's got Mac 10. He's got yeah, he's, he's got the, the blasphemy of MJ. That, that, uh, is, that is a great tag. Mac 10, like that. There's two MJs, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. That's it. Nobody gets to use that. Now Nobody gets three. to use that. You got three now. You just put Mac Jones and Michael Jackson, <laughs> Michael Jordan territory. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You, you need a football goat, right? You, you, hey, listen. Brady going to be gone soon. We need a Mac. We need an MJ. Um, MJ of football. That's what we need. I can't wait to the playoffs. I can't <laughs> wait. It's, it's going to be, be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Now, listen, real quick, I want to talk about Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Now, on your show, you, you, you said a lot of good things about, about what they need to do and Baker and the criticism. I don't understand why he's playing Bryson can you explain to me if he has all of these injuries at the same time his left shoulder's hurt he can't throw across his body because he can't get the torque because he's you know he's a smaller guy so he needs to you know use his entire body to throw the football but if you can't do this why are you playing Baker Mayfield right now single-handedly is destroying the Cleveland Browns and, and taking them out of playoff contention. That was a winnable game against Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Winnable game. And he threw four interceptions. Now, granted, you can say, uh, you know, you can say the one over the top to uh, People's Jones, you know, they, 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 they said it could have been pass interference or whatever. Okay, cool. But even if you omit that one, there's still three. There's still three bad interceptions. This is my issue with Baker Mayfield is that he, he doesn't get it. 
he doesn't understand that the essence of being a quarterback is protecting the football. He's not that talented. And for a guy that's not that talented to be that loose with the football and not have the awareness of what to do in the pocket and where to throw the ball at was year four, year five for him. This is a concern. It's a concern. Yeah, it is. And, and look, there's a lot of layers to this. I, I can't give you any specific reason why he's playing. I mean, you know, he's he, listen, everybody's hurt this stage of the year. Like after week one, everybody's hurt except right. for the guys that didn't play in week one. Absolutely. And so w- with Baker, you mentioned that last play. And look, I mean, I, I'm watching the game as a Cowboy fan. I'm dying for the Packers to lose to possibly, you know, give the Cowboys exactly. the number one exactly. seed, basically. Because right. if Dallas wins out, Green Bay's lose one, Dallas is a first round bye. Right. So I, I'm like, you know, just I'm going crazy when, when the referees don't throw a penalty on the missed pass interference call because it was pass interference. His yeah. jersey was grabbed. Yeah. But it should have never even come down to that. Exactly. You mentioned four interceptions. It should have been five. There was another one dropped by, I think it was um, Rasul Douglas, who, who's yeah. been all over the place. He, he dropped one that, that could have been, you know, five interceptions, and maybe the Browns don't even get a last drive to, 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 to win the game with a game-winning field goal. Right. And so the thing with Baker, and you hit the nail on the head. You, you said, you know, single-handedly destroying the Browns. I'm not about that, you know, one player or one play is what lost the game. It's why I talked about, Saints fans who were you know complaining about the missed interference call in the championship game a few years ago, I said it was it was the worst missed call I've ever seen. Yeah, but that's not why you lost the game. You had plenty of opportunities to put that in, in the rearview mirror, and you did. True, that's fair. That's and fair. so with with Baker, you throw the three picks, you get over two hundred rushing yards against a bad rushing defense. By the way, yeah, at Lambeau Field, you know twenty one of the Packers twenty four points came off your turnovers, off your interceptions, a couple that were in the red zone. And so my bottom line to all this is the Browns did everything right. When Baker wasn't throwing picks, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, the whole crew, they couldn't do anything offensively. Right, I mean, right. Rodgers is limping around with his injured toe. Uh, that, you know, Miles Garrett's getting pressure. That great Browns front four is getting pressure on him, making him uncomfortable. And that's what you got to do against a great quarterback. You're getting the help from the run game. And yet, and still the quarterback gets in the way. Like that's, to me, that's where Tom Brady in the early part of his career deserves a ton of credit. Like we think about Tom Brady as the go and this and that. Early in his career, he was he was a good quarterback, right? He, he was he was part of the, the the championship runs. He wasn't necessarily the driving force. No, it was the defense. Yes, it was the defense. It, it, it was it was it was Belichick. And so, but you know, credit to Brady. Brady knew who he was. He said, listen, I'm going to develop, I'm going to get better. And eventually he, he evolved into that guy who was the driving force behind a lot of Patriots and now Buccaneers Super Bowls. Baker still sees himself as that Heisman, Oklahoma, I'm the leader of, of, of this football team guy. And if he played the Jimmy Garoppolo role, though Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of struggling at that role right now, but if he plays the Jimmy Garoppolo 2019 role, Browns win the division. They'd Easy. win the division. Easy. And that's why I said if, you know, Case Keenum and Baker are like the same guy, basically. Case Keenum starts that game, they win. Right. They win. And so you got a guy who, who, who you know, has a complete lack of self-awareness. He takes shots at, at players, coaches. We, we, you know, and I know we, the two of us completely are, are lockstep on this. It was all Odell's fault, right? I think it's still Odell's fault. It's, yeah, right. It's, it's still Odell's fault because he just left. He just destroyed the locker room, apparently, yeah. even though Brown's players were like liking posts of, you know, of, of him and, yeah. and his, his, his dad saying, you know, get my son out of Cleveland. And so I don't think the locker room buys him. 
I don't think the coaching staff buys him. And I think the Browns need to go hard for that frustrated guy in Seattle. And if oh, yeah. the guy oh, yeah. in Green Bay is still frustrated, go after him too. And right. if, listen, as risky as it would be, if you, if you think it's in the best interest of your organization, go after the frustrated guy in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think any of those options that you just mentioned are miles better than Baker Mayfield. Country miles. I mean, I mean the, the guy, he's just not – listen, when he came out, nobody saw him being the number one pick in the draft. You know, he rolls up the boards very late in the process – and ended up be becoming the number one pick. Everybody was talking about Darnold. I mean, I mean, look how these two quarterbacks are actually panning out now, right? But, yes. you know, it's just if they go ahead and commit long-term to Baker Mayfield, the Browns will never win again. They will never even get close to being where they want to be as an organization because if you hamstring yourself with a bad decision-maker, uh, you know, at, at, at your quarterback position – there's not a lot of teams that can be able to recover from that, you know, in regards to it takes years. It takes years for you to get from under that. So they got to cut bait. They got to go ahead and draft the guy. Like you said, if they want to, if they want to trade for somebody, that's fine. But Baker Mayfield ain't it, man. And, and, you know, it, you put Mac Jones, give me Mac Jones on the Browns right now. And they win two more games. They win two more games. I don't disagree. This is this is the the concerning part is that this guy is in year four and he's still making bonehead decisions. And you know you hear rumblings that him and Stefanski are not seeing eye to eye. It's always somebody else's problem. It's always o Odell was the issue. He's forcing the ball to Odell. Nobody liked Freddie Kitchens. Nobody liked Hugh Jackson. Nobody like. He did Hugh Jackson dirty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is it is it really Hugh Jackson's fault? When we think about, wasn't it under Hugh Jackson that he had his actually most productive year? His That's rookie it. season. It is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like everybody was like he had he had the best rookie season other than Dak, and you got Herbert and these guys now. But you know he's he's historically had had one of the best rookie seasons ever. But that was under Hugh Jackson, wasn't it? That's it. <clears throat> and 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 he, I think he broke Peyton Manning's touchdown pass record there for a rookie. Go. So it's it's like, oh wow, the Browns found their guy. And you know, Cleveland deserves. You know, we talked about LeBron. He does deserve some blame for the Lakers struggles. Cleveland, the Browns' upper management, and I think Andrew Barry is a great general manager. But they deserve some blame in this regard, where the Browns, for the better part of the last two decades, have been the literal laughingstock of the NFL because we all know what Cleveland sports is and represents. Right. Uh, I mean, the Browns were in that same category with Detroit and Jacksonville. And for a little while there, Cincinnati and for Cleveland, I, I told, I told you this on the show before that the greatest, and, and again, I, I can't take credit for this quote. I, I Emmanuel Acho said this, the greatest, the big, biggest enemy of great is good mm. because if you're bad, you don't want, no one wants to be bad. You want to get out of that hole. Right. But right. when you're good, it's comfortable, right? You, yeah. you don't have to go the extra mile because, as, as they say, the extra mile is, is never crowded. And the Browns have been crap for 20 years, and now they're good. They're a good team, right? And it's they could be great if they make the change at one position. They've got everything. Right. Running game, 
best offensive line, line in football, yeah. defensive line. Right. The, the, the defense has taken big strides from last oh, year to absolutely. this year. Absolutely. You know, arguably, a, you know, absolutely a top five defensive player in the world in Miles Garrett. You've got the, even without Odell, you've got Jarvis Landry and you've got uh, Higgins and you've got, um, they're not Hooper, yeah, Hooper and, and, and Joku and Peoples Jones. It's, and you got the coach of the year. You got everything. But it goes to show you, if you don't have that guy to lead your franchise, there is only so far that you can go in the National Football League. And that's the problem with the Browns. They're Absolutely. too content with being good that right. they don't want to go the extra mile, the extra risk to be great. And that's the problem. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. I couldn't have said it better. So moving on, moving on, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are, you know, they're in a coaching search right now. And the names that are popping up, Bryson, are pretty interesting. Um, who do you see is a good fit for that dumpster fire over there? I, again, I don't, I can't see many of the candidates at all, you know, turning them into even a playoff team, forget championships, just throw that out the back window. Right. You know, with, with the Jaguars, I think they need to make an intentional, um, sort of objective, find an offensive head coach that's great if you can get a defensive guy in there but you've got a trevor lawrence who we've hailed as the next hall of fame quarterback for three years right. since since that freshman year at clemson where he you know was part of that molly whopping of alabama in the national championship game for three years we talked about he's got next and you see the urban meyer we all know what a disaster that was and so you need an offensive coach you need a guy who can develop him into the superstar talent he's capable of being. It's, it's going to take a lot of work on the, the skill position players. The offensive line is awful. The defense is even worse. And so as a team, they got a lot of work to do. The good news for Jacksonville is they're in a bad division. Right. AFC South, Indianapolis is really good. Tennessee is consistent. But Houston's a dumpster fire. We know what they are. Houston, Jacksonville in the same spots. The difference is Jacksonville has their guy. They've right. got they they've got their franchise quarterback. I don't know if Houston does right now. And Houston Houston has their guy. The guy just doesn't want to stay. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah. He he he's. I totally <laughs> forgot about Deshaun Watson just now. He, yeah. He he wants out. It's it's a horrible right. horrible horribly run organization. Yeah. But back to Jacksonville. I've heard that the two names today they mentioned Byron Leftwich and Dan Quinn. And this is not take the fact that I'm a Cowboy fan out of this. If Dan Quinn goes to Jacksonville, I think it's a mistake because he's not what you need. You don't need a defensive mind coaching Trevor Lawrence. That's, that's not what you need. Have you ever watched the movie Celtic Pride, Bryson? I have not, no. Okay, so Celtic Pride was a movie about these two Boston fans that decided to kidnap a basketball player on the other team so he wouldn't play in the finals. That's what we're going to have to possibly do to Dan Quinn. We're going to have to tie him <laughs> to a chair at Jerry World and say, you're not allowed to go to Jacksonville. You you just need to cool out. Like, we don't need you soiling your reputation after what you did this year going to that dumpster fire of an organization. The other guy that I'm going to have to tie to a chair is Byron Leftwich. Yep. Byron Leftwich better not go anywhere. He better stay where he's at until he finds the right situation to go to. Because I do not want Byron Leftwich to be the black skateboard. I'm sorry to say it. I don't yeah. want him to be that. Because Byron Leftwich, he's a quarterback's guy. He knows how to develop a quarterback. 
he would be great for Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time, is he actually going to get the time in Jacksonville to do what he needs to do to develop that team and to have the, you know, if I had the organization to have the patience to be able to wait for things to, to develop and unfold. I don't like that. I don't want my guy being a fall guy, so no. I heard about Todd Bowles as well, Bryson. No. I don't want anybody that's of my skin complexion to be coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry. It's not a situation that's built for us. So, you know, I, I, you, you can go ahead and comment on that if you want to, but that's what I had to say. Well, I mean, that's what we see too often in the NFL. The outlier being Brian Flores in Miami. Miami wasn't, right. a, it wasn't a great situation, but it wasn't an absolute dumpster yeah, fire. They're, like, they're not a poorly ran organization. No, you know I mean? Steve, Stephen Ross is a good owner. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the problem with Miami is they've never really had that head coach and they Correct. just cannot find that franchise quarterback since the retirement of Marino. Absolutely. And so, you know, and even listen, if we want to go down this route, when the Dolphins start one and seven, the blame all of automatically gets shifted to Brian Flores, and all oh, of a yeah. sudden he's in the hot seat. I'm like, have you lost your minds? After after winning, how, how many games he won last year? Ten games. They won ten games, but oh, remember this: won ten games, and they weren't so they weren't supposed to win ten games. Remember, remember yeah, exactly, and remember this: he comes in 2019, and they're just awful at the gates. But they get hot at the end of the year. They win five games. Right. They cost New England a shot at a first round bye, and yes. New England ended up losing the following week to Tennessee, and what ended up being Brady's last game as a Patriot. Right. And so they win five games. You come back the next year, Fitzpatrick's still your guy. You draft Tua, and you're back and forth, back and forth. Fitzpatrick Tua, quarterback controversy, and, you win and 10 Fitzpatrick's games. not happy, and, and Tua's not playing well, and you still won 10 games. Right. Because you got the defense. We know Brian Flores is a defense, defensive-minded coach. Um, they got good skill position players. It's a good roster. You win 10 games, you come on the doorstep of the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, one bad year, gone. Like, what are we doing? Jim Caldwell in Detroit. Two and look at Detroit now. Two of his first three years, they make the playoffs. And they, you fire know, with, the with man. and they, I mean, in his last year, they go nine and seven. And they fire the man. And they fired him like that in favor of Matt Patricia. And how did that work out? Right. And now you got Dan Campbell crying and running on the sidelines <laughs> like some child, but that's fine. You can be able to go one and 17 if you want to, one and 60, whatever it is. It's fine. It's fine. We love the passion. It's the passion that we love with you guys, but the guys that's giving you results. Now they get, so they, they, they get shown the door. Now, now I don't want anybody that looks like me getting that Jacksonville job. Anybody else that wants a job? Yeah, go ahead. Cause you're not going to be the scapegoat. Like how everybody else that looked like me will. And that's just, that's just calling it facts. Yeah. I, I'm just being honest with you. You know no, you're I mean? right. And, you know, how about, you know, Byron Leftwich? I, I I got a good destination for him. How about Chicago? Oh, like Chicago, yeah, would, oh yeah. yeah. That, that's Nag a good ownership group. Nagy's on his way out, too. Yep. Nagy's yep. on his way out. You're going to hire a new general manager, and you've got Justin Fields right in front of you. That's actually rebuild the offensive. Idea. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you got you got the franchise quarterback. You you rebuild the offensive line and the defense, um, which isn't bad. It's just had some injuries. And so that would be, like, if Leftwich got the job or – um, or even Todd Bowles, although I think Leftwich would be a better fit. If they got the job in Chicago, I'd be jumping for joy. Good for them. Good for Justin Fields. And here come the Chicago Bears for the next few years. Uh, Jacksonville, I'd be, I'd say, will they give him enough time? Will they let him develop a culture? And I mean, that's 
you know, with Dan Campbell and, and listen, I, I ridiculed the move from the beginning and listen, Dan Campbell's he's easy to root for, right? He's a nice <laughs> he guy. He's he he, like you said, the biting kneecaps, which I've done <laughs> of every single week on my show. I even did a little Oprah skit out of it. <laughs> the thing with Dan Campbell is we talk about, Oh, he's got the culture guys. He's won two games. Okay. <laughs> like, what, what, where's culture? The, what culture are you talking about? What culture are you talking about? He's, he's embraced Detroit culture and losing. That's what he's embraced. It's the same guy, same guy. Every coach that comes in there, except my man Jim Caldwell, they all look the same. They all have the same template. They all kind of had the same type of exuberance. Well, not not Patricia. He was more of a Belichick drone. But, you know, they just, they lose. They lose. I mean, Jim Caldwell, if it's not for what was clearly a pass interference on the Dallas Cowboys, they probably win a playoff game. Hey, there you go. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah, I think yeah. you're right on the money on this stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, man, you, you know, Kel, I think Kellen Moore, I would be okay with Kellen Moore leaving and going to Jacksonville. I would be because that would be a situation where he can actually go there and grow. He'll have a good young quarterback to be able to mold. I think that'd be a good situation for him if he decides to leave. I so, just, yeah, I just don't know if Kellen Moore has the head coach leadership intangibles I don't want. I don't think so I think he's I think you're right I think he's more of like Josh McDaniels to be honest with he's you he's he's an academic yes 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 I I completely agree I, but we, he has to see he has to he has to try it out to see you know he may end up going there and failing and then coming back you know but he has to at least try because Josh McDaniels sure. realized that I think I'm just good being a coordinator. I I don't do the head coaching thing pretty well. I'm not, Tim Tebow. Yeah, I'm not received pretty you know well around the league in regards to being a leader. I'm a great offensive mind, but that's where it ends. You know what I mean? That's where it ends. You know, it's right. just like North Turner. As great as North Turner was, wasn't really a great head coach, but he's a hell of a coordinator. Hell yep. of a coordinator. You know, one of the best offensive minds in this game's history. So, you know, it's just some, some, some guys are just built that way and and that's okay. That's okay. But you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more, but like I said, left, uh, Todd Bowles, anybody that looks like me, stay away from Jackson. Eric B enemy, Eric B enemy, just stay, stay in Kansas. Don't, don't, don't even worry about not getting an interview. You should be happy to not get an interview in Jacksonville. Be happy. Be very, very happy. Moving on to the last thing before I let you get out of here, Bryson. Um, the passing of John Madden. Uh, you know, the world right now is, you know, we're all in mourning because we all have a piece of John Madden with us. You know, we we all grow up, grow up playing the game of Madden, you know, just listening to that iconic voice on on the air and, you know, just his greatness, you know, the coach, the coaching of the Raiders, building that legacy there. You know, you know, just 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 have some some words for 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 Mr. Madden and, and, and you know what what it what what kind of impact he had in regards to your football fandom. I mean, he, for me personally, he had a huge football fandom and on and my football fandom, and, and I'm sure a lot of people can say the same. You know, I saw a tweet from I believe if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. He put out an outstanding tweet that I think perfectly said it all about Madden's legacy. Uh, Pelissero is a guy; he's like in his you know late 30s, early 40s, and he said like. If you're of my dad's generation, you remember Madden, the coach. You remember the guy who was winning the Super Bowl, getting lifted off the right. field. And 
if you are of my generation, and I'm sure you know people like you, uh, my parents can attest to this. You remember the broadcast. You remember the Thanksgiving oh, yeah. uh, games. You remember what, what was it? Was it Turducken? Was what it was? Uh, <laughs> I remember watching that doc, the documentary a few days ago. And if you're of my generation, you think the video game. Yes. Yeah. And so you think his legacy it transcends football. Like he, yeah. what he did is he. He opened the game up to a new audience. Like people would, I know there's a great impressionist out there. Shout out to, to Frank Caliendo, who does an unbelievable John Madden impression. <laughs> but, you know, you'd have people out there saying, oh my God, he's saying the, the most obvious things. Like, but he was at his core. And I think he even said this when they had that all Madden documentary on Christmas Day. At his heart, John Madden was a teacher. Yeah. He wanted to teach the game if it was through uh, Madden, if it, was, if it was through the video game, if it was through broadcasting, obviously as a coach, that's that, you know, that's what being a coach is. It's, it's teaching the game uh, to talented players. And that's, that's really what his football legacy to me is. And it's, it's going to go years and, and decades on from now. And uh, there is no question he will be missed. And I was, you know, yeah, he was 85 years old, but I was just as shocked as anybody was uh, when I got the notification on my phone that, that he had passed, but he was a good man. He was a relatable guy. He, you know, He'd take that the Madden cruiser. Of course, we all know he he didn't fly. He'd take the bus to those those games, and you know he'd stop along the way. He'd he'd talk to people. He'd he'd take pictures with him. Like he was a good dude. He's a great coach. All time winning percentage in NFL history among head coaches. That's John Madden. He he was a great broadcaster. Maybe the best to ever do it as yeah. an analyst. And the video game is 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 has gotten better and better um, throughout the years. And and you know he 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 deserves a ton of credit for that. So. Uh, rest in peace to John Madden and, you know, great man, great coach and changed, changed football, changed the NFL really yeah. uh, in, in, in the fan experience. No, nah, I definitely agree with you, Bryson. hundred percent. Well said, um, you know, it's just, you know, when you got, when you're, when you live your life a certain way and there's nobody that can say a bad thing about you, you know, what type of person you were and the type of impact that you left on people and, you know, just everybody like, you know, just think about me, you know, a kid growing up in, in the hood, in a city and stuff. And, you know, yes, sports were available and all that stuff. But to make to make video games and make football cool and make him cool, like he was cool to us. You know, what yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the video game was like, oh, that's John Madden. Like, that's the guy. You know what I mean? So, you know, he he was just so it was generational. He was multicultural he just crossed so many different boundaries man of people that that respect him and love him and you know his football career is one thing his broadcasting career is another thing and you know the video game culture is another thing so there's not many people like you said that can be able to kind of check all the boxes in those particular categories it's it's rare he may be the only one and and that's okay. Like if he's the only one to ever do it, let it be that. I, I I don't need anybody else trying to follow in those footsteps. Let this be the greatness of John Madden. Let it die with him in regards to the tears of greatness, checking the boxes, being the funny guy on TV, teaching showing us the game, breaking down the game to make everybody understand what's going on, even if it is pointing out the obvious. Nobody really cared. You know what I mean? Like, right. as long as he was talking, I didn't care what he was doing. He could have broke down how to open a bag of chips. I didn't care. John Madden, if he was talking, I had to listen. 
So, you know, rest in peace, John Madden. You will you will be greatly missed. Um, you know, the world was better when you were in it. And, you know, that's just the way it is, man. You lived your life and all we can do is kind of celebrate and, you know, have a have a laugh and uh, and and kind of enjoy the memory. So, you know, rest in peace to John Madden and, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to his family and stuff. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers go out to his wife, Virginia, his, his sons, his, his whole family. Yeah. And a couple final two thoughts is, you know, you mentioned, you know, maybe he points out the obvious and stuff like that, but broadcast networks. And by the way, he was with ABC, Fox, NBC, uh, CBS. He was with all four major broadcasting networks. And he was the only broadcaster, and, and, and the ratings of the time can show you this, where you'd be watching a blowout. It's, you know, the, 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 the 49ers are dominating whoever. Right. And you will stay on there to, to listen <laughs> and hear what John Madden's going to say. Absolutely. He may make fun of Troy Aikman's bad, uh, uh, tr- you know, trying to grow a beard. He may make fun of that. You know, he, he may show you how to, uh, to cut a, a turkey the right way. Like, right, right. he was going to say something interesting. And so, and, and something else, and you brought up this point about he lives 85 years, he lives a full life. And I always admire people in any profession, even if you're just an, you know, an average everyday individual, if you pass away and there's not one person that can say, I didn't, I didn't really like that girl. I didn't really right. like that girl. That says to me, that says everything I need to know about you. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that's, you can say that about John Madden and you know, he, he will be missed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Bryson, do you have any final words after co-hosting all even podcast tonight, which has been great. It's been great. I've enjoyed it, man. Uh, it was great to be back on. Um, let's say again, I don't, again, I don't know when I'm going to be back on this podcast. So I, I'll probably have to get a few things off my chest. Um, the, the Patriots <laughs> are going out in the wild card. They're going to win the game. Okay. Okay. Let me say again, the Patriots are going out in the wild card. The Cowboys will get to the NFC championship game. I won't go further than that but they will get to the NFC championship game. Uh, I'll probably be on the show before them, but the Golden State Warriors will be your 2022 NBA champions. And you'll, you're going to have to, man, oh gosh, you're, you're, you're going to have to suffer my, uh, my gloating. I feel bad for you. I feel bad for everybody out there who doesn't root for the Warriors or hates you, the Warriors. You know, I, I'm just may have to go missing. So, you know, it's, it's possible. I can just not answer phones, not be on social media. You know, you don't have to hear from me if they win. You can gloat all you want. I can't be a part of that. I can't do it. Okay? I can't do it. But let me ask, let me ask you a question. Would you be a w- – w- what would tear you apart more? If, if the Golden State Warriors won the finals when you said they – I mean, I remember you did a podcast after they lost the playing game to Memphis. I remember this. And you said, yeah, they'll be good. You know, Draymond, Steph, and Clay will be – Clay will be fine. They'll, they'll make it to the second round. They'll just kind of fizzle out. No, 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 no. I told you what was going to happen. And so what would hurt you more? If the Warriors won a championship or – and this is going to happen this year, but say in the future – if the Clippers won a championship. Oh my goodness. Listen, I will Golden State can win it. If okay. the Clippers okay. win a championship, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I don't I don't know, but you know what? It's set up that way because before they leave, the name of the arena is the crypto, crypto. arena. And we may just the Lakers may just be stuck in their own crypt. Isn't that the irony of it? And maybe the Clippers arena is going to be the new big shiny toy that everybody goes to because why would you do this, Gene? 
Just leave the staples alone, man. Just sometimes you gotta say no to money. All right, I, I understand. <laughs> come on, Barry. I understand it's a you lot of your money. Mind. I understand it's a lot of money, but come on, man. It's just, just, just pick something else. Just say, listen, it, uh, there's money that I could be able to change the, the 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 arena name. Okay, let me go shop around. Crypto.com arena. It don't have no ring to it, man. It, staples. People understand what that is. People are still gonna call it staples. Oh, yeah. So you so you she may even call it staples. She's just not gonna call it staples in front of the, 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 the investors, obviously. But just crypto what <sighs> the, the misery of, of, of the Laker fans and of the of the team, it is just music to my ears. Like, I feel that, that there's so much pain this year, Bryson. It's the arena name, it's Westbrook, it's it's street clothes, it's street. everything. It is just, and the fact it might, and, and Vogel, the, the Vogel press conferences kill me. Everything about this team, I just, uh, you know what? This is karma. This has got to be karma because when the Lakers won the championship, I gloated so bad. And I understand. I apologize. You know, it's just when you, when, when you haven't won in a long time, you know, you have all this emotion that you got to get out. And all these people that doubted my team, and I had to say, look now. But I'm paying for it now. I'm paying for it now. So. But, hey, guess what? At least Westbrook got his triple-double. Ah, LeBron got one, too. He did. He did. He did. Listen, I don't doubt LeBron. LeBron, LeBron I said before the year, he was the only thing I liked about this team. And even him, I'm worried about health at this point in his career. He's going to break down eventually, Bryson. And I'm telling you, break, listen. And he's going to break down because of sadness has nothing to do with his body it's just sadness that he has to wake up every day and play with russell westbrook and then if russell westbrook isn't there he has to look down the road and see somebody hobbling to the arena somebody hobbling into practice oh it's anthony davis i you know just get off my line this podcast is over up next we're going to have the Dummy of the week. The Uh greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So, you know, look out for that. But, Bryson, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely have you on uh, again at some time. Yes, sir. I hope hope to be hearing a Barry Grant Jr. Southern accent very soon. I'm looking forward to that. It very may end up that way. And it's going to be brutal, but it'll be funny. So, Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on, brother. Big shouts to Bryson Carver, carving it up. Great show, knows the stuff. Uh, I'm really not trying to do this bet, but, (laughs) you know, if it goes down, it goes down. It is what it is. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. This is Cigar Gents and Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com. We're everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, 
the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So, who is the first candidate for Dummy of the Week? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is the Washington football team. The Washington football team is my candidate for... Dummy, yeah. Because, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, listen to this. The Washington football team decides to bring their own benches to Dallas. Because Dallas did it to them. Not because Dallas wants to be pompous. Because they heard something going on that, you know, there's not heated benches in Washington. So what does Dan Snyder do? He has to one-up Jerry Jones. And what ends up happening? They get the doors blown off of them, 56 to 14. It gets so bad that two teammates on the Washington football team's team starts fighting each other. <laughs> and mind you, they were teammates in college. They were teammates in college and they over here putting their hands in each other's face, one swung, and didn't even connect like it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you get that mad at each other because you getting your ass bust by somebody else, that that's how you know it's real. Like if somebody beats you up and somebody else is laughing, you're going to go ahead and try to fight the person that's laughing rather than fight the person that just beat your ass. <laughs> That's how you know you catch a sound beating. That's exactly what happened to the Washington football team. They couldn't get right. They benches got beat up. Players got beat up. They beat up each other. I'm sure there was a lot of players that were like, man, you know, I, I heard Burger King. <laughs> I heard Burger King is hiring because this got to be better than this. You know what I mean? Like, we, we getting our ass bust out here, man. But it's just funny to see that a team can have this much confidence and the owner is putting the battery in their back and then they come out and lay an egg like that and then they turn on each other. <laughs> this is why being a Washington football team fan is sad. There's never ever going to be any silver lining. You guys are never going to win. And I'm fine with that. I am fine with kicking Washington fans in the nuts. I'm okay because they deserve it. They deserve it. They're pompous fans. They have a dumb, pompous owner. And their team stinks. That's what it is. I'm okay with saying that. And I'm okay with what the Dallas Cowboys did to the football team over the weekend. Hell, I'm, I'm hoping that somebody else does that to Washington to end the season. I'd love it. And some of these players better start getting their resumes together or they start they better start, you know, getting their speeches together because very, very soon I have a feeling they're going to have a new owner. So they might not be. <laughs> so Washington football team, you guys thought that you had everything in the bag. And yet you got punched in the mouth and you kept getting punched in the mouth and then you started punching each other in the mouth. So maybe you guys are the biggest losers right now, but possibly are winners for Dummy of the Week.
that's all for this show i'll see you guys on saturday possibly if not we're back on tuesday next tuesday so until then stay safe stay cool peace you can catch me on instagram and twitter at all even podcast listen to the show on podbeam amazon music spotify and wherever you find your podcast available and check out my youtube channel all even podcast and don't forget to like share and hit that subscribe button judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.